You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us here at Reality Honolulu. Thank you guys for joining us today. Not only it being Sunday, the Lord's Day, but today specifically is exciting, something to extra celebrate. It is our sixth anniversary as a church. Uh, Praise God, yes. So some of you I know are new. Some of you have been here for all six years or even before that. Uh, But we're just here to celebrate and testify all that God has done. And today is a bit different. Uh, Instead of a typical sermon and a typical kind of flow of service, we're going to be doing some uh, some different stuff, having some testimonies, just recalling all that God has done, and then we're having a lot of fun and food and fellowship afterwards down this way. So if you came from that parking lot, uh, Kukui side, you missed it. You missed the, the... the, the, all the stuff that's set up down there. Um, but there's bounce houses, shave ice, food, pickleball, cornhole, ladder ball. I mean, it's like a whole wonderland down there. Uh, this is for you to celebrate with us afterwards. Love to have you stick around. But join with me as we pray for our time this morning. God, we thank you so much for... The ability to gather and reflect and remember all that you have done in this local expression of your church these last six years. God, as we we recall, remember a bit of our story, as we hear from others in our church this morning on the ways in which you've spoken to us, how you've met us, how you provided community, how you've provided healing and a sense of restoration and newness and a new, a new beginning for many of us. We just say, God, you get all the glory. God, you get all the credit. This is your doing. And as a group of people, as a body, as a family, as an ohana, as a faith community, we just gather together today around you and with grateful hearts, we say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, you're doing, and that you will do in years to come. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know if any of you have had the privilege to go to an amazing place called Israel uh, on a Bible tour, but being a pastor for quite a bit now um, at a church, at several churches. I've been able to go to Israel and walk where Jesus walked and open up your Bible and really see where it all came to life. It's an incredible opportunity. If you ever get a chance, you got to do it. There is one place particular, though, that has always jumped out to me, and it's this place called Caesarea Philippi. There's two Caesareas in the Bible. One is Caesarea by the sea on the Sea of Galilee, and there's one Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi. It's in northern Israel, and the reason why this place is significant is if you ever get to go there, right, most likely it'll be on a tour bus, right, and the tour bus will pull up, and you'll look, though, and there's this huge kind of rock cropping, and there's these things that have been dug out for thousands of years where where deities would be placed, where people would go to worship. And these were pagan deities. And there's a cave in this rock face. And many people would go there to worship or to sacrifice or make offerings. And in Matthew chapter 16, there's this very significant interaction where Jesus and the disciples go to Caesarea Philippi. They go to this rock cropping in front of all these deities that were being worshipped. There's this interaction where his disciples and Jesus are talking And all these people are putting their faith and their trust in these deities, in these gods, not the gods of the Bible, not the gods of heaven and earth that we trust in, but these other gods they were trusting in. And there's this interaction between Jesus and the disciples that have happened in front of all of these pagan gods, in front of this rock cropping. 
And Jesus so famously, uh, famously says, talking about himself, he says, on this rock I will build my church and even the gates of hell will not prevail. And in context, what was happening was he was saying, all of this, this is not what it's about. I am to build the church, the only church, and even all the evil, all the things that are coming against me, all the false gods, they cannot even come against my church. And it's a rough paraphrase. But when you go to these rock croppings, I'm just trying to bring you there, and you stand in front of this cave, many back then thought that was the gates of hell, this cave, to sacrifice to this cave and the God inside the cave to appease him, to appease this deity. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and even these gates will not prevail. What Jesus was doing was he was in front of his disciples, in front of the crowds. He was making it clear that he was to be the one that was going to build this church, Christianity, the movement of Christianity into the world. At that time, there was really no church, right? It was a couple of disciples. Jesus had not yet died. He had not yet risen from the dead. Christianity had not yet spread. So it was a little, for them, it was a little weird for him to say that. But fast forward from that moment 2,000 years ago to here, we've seen that the church of Jesus Christ, right, Christianity, the followers of that, of that same person, have spread to the ends of the earth and, just a couple hundred years ago, reached Hawaii. If you look at a map, Hawaii is just about as far as you can get from Caesarea Philippi, halfway around the world. The gospel has spread and Jesus has built his church. And what I want to do is I want to just connect that story for a second to what Jesus has done here at Reality Honolulu. Because what Jesus said he would do some 2,000 years ago is what he's done here. And for us, we celebrate six years today. But for my wife and I, it's even longer than that. My wife, Zoe, up here, um, she's playing keyboard and leading this morning. Uh, God really spoke to us some 10 or 11 years ago about this work. And uh, I was on staff as a pastor. We were involved with a bunch of different church plants, kind of all over the mainland and into Europe. And we were involved with a lot of different things. And um, we were happy. We were happy with what we were doing there in uh, kind of our hometown, Santa Barbara area. We were so uh, blessed to be able to go and see all these new church plants formed in the reality family. But there was just one moment, this period of time, where God called us to actually leave our homelands, to take our family, and to start a new work. And so if you know my kids, um, Eva's 10 and Liam is 7. Liam was 9 months old and Eva was 3 years old when we moved. We made the move. And so the story of Reality Honolulu is really the story of our family as well. But again, this is all God's doing. And I can tell you that God is going to do what he's going to do. His kingdom's going to come, and nothing's going to get in the way of that. And just as Jesus said that in Caesarea Philippi, that even nothing's going to get in the way of his kingdom, I will testify today that we are a part of that Caesarea story. Like here in 2023, in Honolulu, Hawaii, we are a part of the story that Jesus said he was going to do. It's all connected. We're just a small part of it. And so when Jesus said that he was the one that was going to build his church and nothing was going to get into the way, in the way of it, I will take that to the bank. I will say, I have seen that come to pass. That is not just something cool he said. Like that is what Jesus does. He builds his church. And so today, what I honestly want to do is just testify how good God has been and how faithful he's been to his word. Really just because for us, it's been really clear that God sent us. There was that season for my wife and I in 2012, 2013, that I'm not even joking that people would come up to us and say, hey, uh, I had a dream last night, and I heard you're supposed to start a church in Hawaii. And then the next day, someone would come up and be like, hey, uh, here's a present. I just came back from Hawaii. Here's this. Visions, dreams, answered prayer. I mean, this was months after months where God made it really clear. 
Let's sit down and lunch. I'll tell you the whole story sometime. But it was dreams. It was visions. It was answered prayers. And to be honest, it wasn't us. We're not from here. We don't have family here. We didn't come a lot. I don't really surf. I used to surf a lot more. But it wasn't like this thing that we were super attached to Hawaii. But God plan for us and our family and for a lot of you was this church. And really, how this church was birthed, how it was formed, how it was started was directly out of the will of God. It's just a part of what God wanted to do. It wasn't like a bunch of people in a room that said, hmm, that'd be really cool to start a church in Hawaii. Actually, like for us, we were from there. And so we were, we thought that's where God had us. But God had a different story, and so now we embrace it, and it's our, it's our home, and we're making roots, and this is, this is amazing. But again, it was God's doing. This is a part of God's will. This is not like, because people, you know, I had that a lot. People are like, oh, you're starting a church in Hawaii. Sure. Sure God called you. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, right on, man. But no, the truth is, it was like totally left field to us. It was not on the radar. We were happily there because we thought this is where God is calling us. Because you got to go where God calls you. And all, each of us have a different story. But then God had a different plan. And so this is the plan. And the reason why this is also miraculous and, test, and I want to testify because uh, the reason why this church is miraculous and carried by God is, think about this. Um, this is not an easy thing for a young Howley pastor from the mainland to come start a church from nothing. <laughs> Many people here were very nice, but they said, what you're doing doesn't really happen. What you're doing, just be cautious and careful and like, just know that you have a lot of stuff to contend with and some baggage. Starting a community from nothing, not being from here, and seeing it, all these years later, be like this is a true miracle carried by God. It is. Guys, think about it. Young, I feel like I'm pretty young still. So young, you know me, I'm, this is me. Like what you're seeing is me. So right, I'm a little bit like, I'm a lot extroverted. I'm kind of intense, sometimes can be. Right, excited for what God's doing, but again, not from here. Don't have family, don't have community. Um, but the reason why we always believed it could happen because we always believed God was doing it. And he's doing it, and he's done it. Like, it truly is. This whole church, like, I look back, and it's like, this shouldn't have happened. Because to be honest, if I went back to my 31-year-old self, seven, eight years ago, and, and me came to me and said, hey, I'm starting a church. I'd be like, oh, no. I don't know. It's going to be really hard. I don't know. But what I can do is I can look back at my own life, my wife's life, our family's life, and so many of you that either moved here or just really said yes to the Holy Spirit to join this work. It's truly a miracle carried by God. It, it really is. Like, it's not me at all. It's not, it's not us. This is God's doing. And I, I just want to, like, give all the glory to God because all we did was just say yes. It's not like we're special or anything. Just like it's, all of us are the same. Like, God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. We're all part of this. And we all, and God wants to use you. And all you got to do is say, here I am. Send me. But what we always thought from the very beginning, not only did we think God was doing this new work, but we always thought our place, because again, we knew that we were just coming to Hawaii as a small piece of what God had already been doing. We still believe that. We're just one piece of the puzzle. We're not the end all by any means. We are a part of a work of God that's been going on for 200 years now or more. But our place that we always felt like we were supposed to be is a reality Honolulu is supposed to be a place of healing, of giving, and serving Hawaii. Not taking, but rather giving. 
I was made very clear from the very beginning, very prophetically, people would give us words like Reality Honolulu is supposed to be a church where people can come heal again. You're supposed to be a church that gives yourself to the people of Hawaii. Not take, but give. And I'm telling you right now, we have <laughs> seen this come to pass. And I think God has so much more in store. But we've just tried to walk and see, and, and, and in faithfulness of seeing God do that. And he's opened doors, and he really has. I mean, even where we meet, physically, like this physical location is all God's doing. And I bring it up often. But first we started at Leolani Elementary School in Kaimuki. The, reason, the only reason we got that is because the principal here at this school now saw me and gave me a chance. 18 or 19 other venues looked at me and said, no way. I don't know you. You're not from here. They said it nicer, but some didn't say nicer. And said, we just don't, your church, mainland, like there's, why would we ever rent to you? I'm like, understandable. Got it. There's only one person that said yes, and God opened a door. And to this day, the principal of this school, that was the principal of that school, has been really a man of peace. He has opened his arms. He's opened the school's arms. He has been a tremendous partner. And again, even where you're sitting today is a testimony of God. God opened one door, and we're still walking through that door. There's no other doors. This is the one door. Uh, it wasn't, it's not hard to think of where we were supposed to be because there was no options. Beach or cafeteria? We're like, I will take cafeteria. Park, cafeteria. We'll take cafeteria. But through this partnership that God has opened up, we've had incredible ministry to not only in Kaimuki, but now in downtown. Ministry to the schools, the students, the faculty, families over the years have been incredible. Um, through this relationship, the last year and a half, we've been able to serve the community in really tangible ways. You guys know through our monthly community outreach, clothing, hygiene supplies, food, to those in, in desperate need of it. Last month, we helped serve over a thousand people. This is just our little church. Again, this is God doing it. God said he would, and God is doing it. And over the past six years, it's, it's, there's been a lot happening, right? We've, we've planted the church. We've gone through global pandemics. We've navigated social issues. We've changed where we've met three times. A lot's happened in our little life of a church. And although it's been tough and hard and complicated and there's a lot of change, I have come to see firsthand how God has always been present with us. God has always guided us and God has always provided. And what's neat is, is that God hasn't given us too much and God hasn't given us too little. He's given us exactly what we need at the right time. In his will, his way. In our story, the last six years, if I was going to use a biblical example, would be the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness. We're not wandering. They thought they were wandering, but they weren't. They were led and guided and provided by God. Right? God rescued miraculously his people from 400 years of slavery from Pharaoh, right? Parted the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. And what do they do? They, they think they're lost. Oh, man, they don't really have, like, a home. Maybe they're, they're moving a lot. They complain a lot. I mean, just read Exodus, right? But if you were to stand back and you read Exodus not in their point of view, you're like, first of all, God freed you from slavery, okay? Then every day he leads you at night with fire and by day by a cloud. You just follow a cloud and follow fire, and that's God's will. Okay, and then every single morning and night, he provides food from heaven. Literally, food falls from heaven that you eat and sustains your being. And then God is with you, and you get to be near his presence. Right, when we read the story, it's silly, because like, dude, we would, I would beg to be sat close to God and not led by God so tangibly. But what's so neat is that for them, God led and God provided them, provided for them. It wasn't glamorous, but it was right and good and exactly what God had for them. God gave them everything they needed, 
And most importantly, he was with them every step of the way. That's our story. That's our story. Our church is not glamorous. Nor does it, we try to be. But we try to just walk in the will of God, providing by God every step of the way. That's what we try. That's our story, though. As hard and full of change the last six years has been, God has been with us, and he is the one that has built his church. And what I want to do is just testify that God has done all of it. It's his leading. He's provided all that we need. And he has done what he said he would do. And he's not done. He's got much more to do. I'm just talking about the last six to ten years. But we're here and God is moving and he has more in store. But today, um, I just want you to know God has done what he's wanted the way he's wanted. And reality, Honolulu, is a, is a testimony to that. So what I want to do now is actually bring up a few people um, just to hear from a couple testimonies of just how God has met them, spoken to them. Use this local expression um, just to add to give glory to God. The, again, these guys have been here anywhere from like three to six years they have, uh, God has met them. They're a huge part of our church. They have different stories and in different ways God has used them in the church to meet and bless them and all really encouraging. And uh, they got some cool testimonies to give glory to God. The first couple I want to bring up is a couple you all love. If you, if you don't know them, you'll love them immediately if you meet them. But let's invite up Zach and Megan Dunkerton. Come on up. Thanks, Riz. Um, I'm so happy God brought you here. <laughs> us too, us too. What would the church be? Oh, you'd be fine. Um, so yeah, thinking about it's been six years and uh, this, this church has meant so much to us. And, and thinking about how specifically what came to mind to me was our mission statement, vision statement, a, a community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. And the first part of that, a community seeking Jesus, we as a church really strive to follow Jesus, to put him first and his word first, ahead of our own opinions, our own um, leanings, our, our own will. We really try to put what he says first, and that's the foundation of any church, um, but that's something that's been really evident here and something that, that means a lot to us. And then... Uh, seeking renewal in the land. Uh, we did the Sermon on the Mount, what was that, a year and a half ago? Something like that. We went through as a church, and Jesus is talking so much about his kingdom and how he has such a heart for those in need and how we are to love others and how we're to love our own enemies even. And he also invites us to participate in that kingdom. And, you know, Riz has spoken to that already, but what a privilege it is to be a part of that here, to be able to see God's kingdom come here, to meet in the location that we meet at. Um, that means a lot to us, that we're able to be a part of, of seeking renewal, of, of bringing God's kingdom. And we also really appreciate that we've been able to be involved um, as much as we've wanted to do, We've been given so much support and leeway to do it. And that has meant so much to us. Um, and yeah, we've just been really blessed. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so just a little bit more about our personal testimony and how God led us here. Um, so Zach and I kind of had the opportunity to move to Hawaii back in 2019. And it was a really spontaneous decision in the moment. Um, we kind of, Zach got a job here, and we were kind of just like, why not? Let's do it. Um, and we didn't really have any expectation or honestly any plan, like, once we got here. And thinking back, like, that feels really crazy to say. Um, and I think once that initial excitement of, of moving here really wore off and we got more settled in, we both felt really homesick. Um, we 
we were just kind of like, why did God bring us here? We don't have any real purpose, any real direction. He moved us all the way across the U.S. away from our family, and we were just kind of searching, and um, God actually led us to reality that first Sunday that we were here, and I think just thinking back over the past couple years, God has really used this church to give us that purpose and give us um, direction in our life. Um, Like Zach was saying, we've had the opportunities to serve and lead like Riz trusted us to lead an Ohana group, and we've built amazing connections there. And um, just feeling that deep sense of community was something that I didn't realize that I was missing in my in my faith. Um, I did grow up in the church, but my parents kind of hopped around from church to church when I was growing up, and I didn't have that stable church community. Um, and I think this is the first time in my life that I've experienced just deep connection and deep fellowship with other believers, and that has just strengthened my faith um, more than I even realized that I needed, and that's been such an answer to prayer, and we just thank you guys so much for welcoming us in and um, being able to be a part of this, this church community. Love you, Dunkertons. Next is a woman that... Uh, we all love as well. Prayer warrior, such an encourager, and uh, funniest person. I'm going to say funniest. Uh, also, you guys know and love her. Sharon Kim, come on up. Um, hi, Reality. Um, such a pleasure to be here with you all this morning. Um, Yeah, so I was going to, I have a little introduction, but I'm going to do it again because it's on the script. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sharon. And um, can I just say what an honor it is that when God or when God would just pop my name in Pastor Riz's mind um, when thinking of testimonies to share reality. And, you know, on that same note, I would love to hear y'all's testimony because, like, we're all here. Like, the only connection is Jesus. Like, Truly, truly. And so we'd love to hear you guys' testimonies. And so, yeah, let's get right into it. So here I am wanting to share with you as a witness and still a current witness to the uh, personal pursuit of God in my life through reality. Um, A little context of me. I grew up in the church my whole life. Um, My dad being a pastor. um, Shout out to PKs if you're in here. Um, Yes, pastor's kids. Love y'all. Um, and so, but backtracking, um, also to 2019, like December 2019, um, I was visiting my parents in Los Angeles. Um, they had been called to a church there, and so, but I was not, and God was like, different plans. So, bet, all right, here I am. And I was still like, you know, church learning because for my whole life, been attending my father's church for the longest time. There's like some cultural nuances as well where I'm like, oh, dad, can I like go explore other churches? He'd be like, no, you must come to our church because what would the church members say? And so I'm just like, okay, whatever. And so finally I had my opportunity, right? Like bust out, escape. And so here I am, church learning and like, you know, exploring when a dear pastor figure of mine, um, Dr. Ben, I don't know if you'll ever see this, but shout out Dr. Ben, yeah, yeah. And so um, he, he like said such great remarks about reality Los Angeles. And he was just like, yeah, like I know Pastor Jeremy Treat. And I think I heard that there's a reality in Honolulu. So I was like, oh my God, I'm from there, gang, gang. And so here I did, here I was um, taking a leap of faith um, to just trust his word and check out reality Honolulu. And so thought it out, little did I know that reality would be the place where God would use, use it as soil and my safe place for his beloved daughter to blossom. Um, before, so even backtracking more, sorry, we're going to the past. So before my parents had left, um, my mom shared this testimony, or not this testimony, heard this Bible verse with me, and it comes from Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I was just like, oh my gosh, so exciting. Maybe a job, maybe like new people. And you know, yeah, I think like the, the idea with like new thing, we always think it's like an external thing. But I, but for me, I would like to say that I would add on the truth that yes, it could be an external new thing, 
but that the new thing could be a you thing. And here I am as the new thing. And so living out Isaiah 43:19. And so through reality, um, by the way, I just want to mention that I'm still a work in progress, and I think I'll forever be a work in progress. So if you guys see me slipping, just mind your business. Um, and so, uh, anyhow, um, so from, from my old church to now, I am moving from the striving self to the surrendered self. And you might be like, oh, what does that mean? So what that really means is that before when I was in my beginning walks with God under my father's pastor's care or whatever, and like a, from a Korean church and things like that, um, I was trying to produce fruit when God calls me to bear fruit, and that's from abiding in him. That actions does not come from my, simply my actions, but his loving hand. And so, but also say there was just so many things that I came to reality. And so when Pastor Riz was even mentioning like, oh, we want to be a church that provides healing, I had no idea until like I was sitting there and I heard that I was like oh my gosh because that literally was my experience with reality it was healing for me being like uh, from the pressures of being a pastor's daughter to like having like gospel like unlearning a lot of things that I thought was the gospel but was actually not like psych and so also say unlearning a lot learning a lot um and then being more of an authentic Sharon that I am and so but also also just like I know I'm going over three minutes I'm so sorry just bear with me bear with me there's there's good things there's the good things coming and so for Pastor Riz he was actually my first personal pastor outside of my dad's church as I was like church hopping you know I'm, I'm not saying like that like pastors are like a selection of choice but it's like one of those where it's like you just like resonate and you connect and pastor is just being such a awesome Jesus follower like he created a safe place for me to just like yeah just be like no this is this is it this is it for me it was like a personal choice and so pastor is yeah being my first personal pastor outside of my dad and it's just like really really incredible and so um and then like reality being again a safe space for me allowed to heal some past pains from the church um my family and i were not too foreign from like church pains and so anyone who's gone through that i'm with you like it's hard, we're all imperfect, but thank God that God is perfect, you know what I'm saying? And so, anyhow, continuing on, but also, not even just that, the Ohana group, can I just say, oh my goodness, so like I, in the, in the spirit or the obedience of like, people telling me, you need to do community, you can't be a lone wolf, and I was like, I was kind of a lone wolf, so it was kind of working for me, but then, anyhow, so them being like lovingly, like saying like you need to like establish community, like you know, find your people kind of a thing. And then so I was entertaining some like Ohana groups in my mind. I was like, oh, maybe this one because of like, you know, convenience or like, oh, maybe this one because like I've seen some people that are pretty interesting in that one. However, lo and behold, when we used to do prayer, um, prayer nights at Tentless, Meg's just like out of her loving, warm kindness, just extended invitation to do Ohana group. And I was just like, or to join her Ohana group. I was like, oh my gosh, say no more. So I went and like every, like all the Ohana groups that I was like entertaining in my head, like disappeared because I felt like my Aina Haina group, yeah, yeah. Um, they were just tailored for me. Like, it was just like, they, like, who else would lovingly accept my sarcastic commentaries? Who else would also love my laugh? I also will say, I'm not really sure of this, so I need to ask every single one. Like, do you love my laugh? Is it okay? You good? Okay, so anyhow, uh, yeah, and so also say, and just like the, it's all by God's hand, like truly the will of God that we're all together because I would have never met Zach if, or like Megs or like Elise, Jackson, Anna. Like I wouldn't have never met y'all unless it was Jesus, like bringing us together. So that is, shout out to God, because only he can make that connection. Let's go. Um, and so, so good with that. Um, turning to the second page, but my little thing is not working. Let's just hold on. Okay, good. Continuing on. Um, but I could go on and on, church family. But again, it is not our faithfulness, but it is God's faithfulness to us. And I'm so glad he's invited me, reality, to experience his faithfulness. So I leave you with these two verses. Um, Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Um, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new 
every morning, great is your faithfulness. I want to also emphasize that last part. Great is your faithfulness. And let me also add on Micah 7, 18 to 20. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So I also want to emphasize you will show faithfulness. It's not like faithfulness, but he will show it to you. So I hope, church family, that you experience God's presence, his goodness, his healing like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. So in abundance. And so, um, and I want to wrap it up with, I'm just so thankful that God used reality to teach me that the whole point of my existence is to know him and that I was made for Jesus. That I am still a current witness and a forever witness to experience that I am the one Jesus loves. Not sharing who's a sister, not sharing who's ambitious, not sharing who is who be Pastor Kim's daughter, not Sharon who is a friend or a teacher, but Sharon, the one Jesus loves. Thank you. I'm telling you, Sharon Kim, I, t- I told you, funniest person. So good, so good. All glory to God. Uh, and lastly, uh, a dear couple that it really the formation of the church has formed them and their marriage and their family. Uh, let's invite up Derek and Juliet Leiterkam. Good morning, everyone. It's hard to follow Sharon Kim. I'm like, I, I just watched uh, MTV Comedy Act. I, I don't know. It was like stand-up comedy, but I'm going to hand it over to my husband first. Bear with me, I took notes, and um, frankly, also, I grew up in this church. I'll start with that. So um, for myself, um, I was 39, and COVID basically suspended, you know, the world. And it gave me time to kind of slow down and think about stuff. And a few years prior to that, I, Juliet and I had met, and um, I was coming over the H3 with my son Keegan in the car, and he goes, Daddy, how much do you love me? And I looked him in the eye in the rearview mirror, like with 100% fortitude, right? I was like, son, I love you more than anything in the world. And I thought I had the perfect answer, right? And he goes like this, uh, 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 you gotta love Jesus more. And I almost crashed my car. I'm kidding. So, so we're, we're making the turn. I get down to the house and, because I was really trying to put this story together in less than three minutes because I wanted to give... Sharon all the time, of course. <laughs> and um, that was the first time that I felt God spoke to me in, in a way that I actually listened. You know, because throughout my life, people had tried to save me. Um, and then so Juliet, I guess, felt compelled to buy me a Bible. So she buys me this NIV version, and we start reading from Genesis, and I don't know what I'm reading. You know what I mean? Because I haven't basically read a book since I was 15. Plus, we're starting from a pretty intense area. You know what I mean? And then we go to X's. So anyway, for all of you out there, maybe NASB, maybe start with the gospel. That's all I'm saying. And then you can circle back to Lamentations for Sharon after. <laughs> so that was the first time I felt like the Holy Spirit was really like in the room for me. And in all seriousness... We were reading things we didn't really understand, but yet it felt like it spoke to us. So that's what I uh, think of as the Bible. And so from there, I'm almost done, (laughs) but I did take some notes. Um, We went three times to Kaimuki with a friend of ours, TG, which we're forever thankful for. And then COVID struck. And as a realtor, you tend to flow with the tide of fear. So not a lot of people were looking to buy houses for the first six months. So I had nothing to do but decide that, you know, there's a reason why literacy exists. So I started to read again. And a lot of my mentors were, were actually atheists up till being saved when I was 40. Um, so I didn't have that perspective of how wisdom is a better aim point than intelligence, I think. You know, wisdom keeps people together and stuff. So... With that said, I started reading Tozier and C.S. Lewis and, you know, oh, Francis Chan, an Asian like me, you know. And 
So, so then I started thinking about eternity, and then I just, like, I think walked up to Juju and texted Riz in the same three minutes and said, I, I want to, you know, be baptized. I realized Jesus is the Messiah. And he said, no can, because it's COVID. So I was like, what do we do now, right? And so I just continue my journey, and the next thing you know, um, I really felt reborn through reality, you know, and for me, it's been three years of um, just kind of walking around these guys like a toddler, you know, saying hi to the elders like Mana here and there and just, you know, hanging out with those who will still hang out with me because I'm new and not cool yet. And I'm just kidding. Everybody at this church has really made me feel, and here's my point that I want to share, and then I'll give this to my wife. I've learned so much at reality, including happy wife, happy life. Makes life very e peaceful and shalom-like, you know. Um, sorry, I cannot really read my notes. Hold on, give me one second. Oh. In all seriousness, I think for myself, what I would say is, um, you know, fall, and if you want my story, like Riz said, we can go to lunch someday or coffee or something, and I'll tell you my story. But as far as what reality has done for me, it has provided me people in my life to do life together in times that are the good times and the bad times, and falling an invisible God you know, is such a different thing, but the feeling of the Lord's grace and peace is something that I pray for for my family who's not saved yet, and I pray for everyone in this room because it's such a beautiful thing to live under an easy yoke. It's not easy. It's, it can be a struggle at times, but the weight is light, and it's just a beautiful experience to live life through those who are fortunate enough to to even be able to suffer which if you can show up and walk up the stairs and get here then of course you toil too as we look to bring you know to bring in renewal to the land so with that said i'll hand it over to juliet and she has a very interesting story that includes a lot of religious trauma because it seems like a lot of people went through that here as i was looking around the crowd thank you Derek. yes give him a round of applause uh, thank you so much and just blessed to be here and thank you Riz for having us share. You know, I think for me, as Riz was standing up here, I really thought about what reality has been and when he asked us to speak, I was thinking, wow, what should I share? And it's really a place, a church, a family that's been healing. And I think for us, uh, and I want to bring a story back to our marriage. You know, Derek and I grew up very opposite. He, if you don't know his story, he was an atheist. He just got saved a couple years ago where I grew up in the church. My, I was raised by my dad and my grandfather, and he was a pastor. And so I was at church five days out of the week, Pentecostal, speaking in tongues. I mean, that was, you know, worshiping every Sunday. And so when I got into my teen years, I kind of went away from the church it was so much. I, I didn't really have a walk with God. Into my uh, 20s, I started going to the bigger churches here, you know, New Hope and Hope Chapel, and those churches were a blessing, but it was, it was beautiful. It was a production, but I always left church every Sunday feeling more empty than when I got there. I was just I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a connection. I didn't have family. You know, you say hi to people, but that's all it was. It was just hi. It was small, very small talk. And so I'll come back to say how the connection here to reality, but this church, this family has been such a healing for Derek and myself. You know, 2019 seems to be that magic number. We got married in 2019 and, um, when we got married, Derek wasn't saved yet. He wasn't a Christian. And see, we were navigating, you know, just trying to figure out um, what our life is going to look like, what our family is going to look like. Um, he got saved. He was baptized here at that beautiful home in Tantless. It was amazing. And for me, being his wife and being his partner was just such a beautiful thing to see. Prior to that, I hadn't seen Derek cry, you know, Asian, very strong very smart. He's intense for those of you that know him, but intense in a great way. And um, I just saw like God moving in him. So I'm thinking we are on a path of love. This marriage is going to be blessed. It's going to be anointed. It's going to be perfect. 20, COVID hit 2020. COVID was really good to us. We were renovating our home. We were able to spend time with our son and we just got new puppies. And we were just on, it, it seemed like a perfect path. 
Then 2021 came. 2021, 2022 were difficult, hard years for Derek and I in our marriage. You know, at times when we were talking about this and we were praying about it earlier, it was hard. When you hear that verse, you know, love is kind, love is patient, all of those great things, that wasn't happening in our marriage. It just seemed like, and I bring up that verse, um, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what was happening. And I thought, God, I don't understand. My husband is saved. We're going to church. We found a church that we really love, that's small, that people know our name. The pastor actually takes time to say, Jules, how are you doing? Jules, I got an idea. You know, he, he always, and if you know Riz, he takes time to have a conversation with each of you, right? Just to get to know you. And I, I never experienced that before growing up and growing up in the church. And so I was just praying and I was thinking, God, you are bringing me to my knees because all this time I thought we were on the right path, but now everything's going wrong. And where reality came into this in 2021, 2022, I actually stopped coming to church as a woman who I love God and I believe, but I was so angry and frustrated because I didn't understand why is it we're doing everything we are doing for you, God. My husband is baptized. We're coming to church. We're getting involved. We're serving. But still, the core of our, it's, it's just painful. And um, I remember God speaking to me. But prior to God speaking to me, he planted women in this church to be in my life. Women that are in the audience um, to speak life into me. And these were women that I didn't know too well at the time. I didn't have a good connection with. But they met with me and they prayed with me. And not just prayed with me, they prayed for me, but they prayed for my husband. They prayed over the marriage. And that was something, honestly, you guys, even if I grew up in the church, when I prayed, I, I prayed for myself. I was very selfish. When we were going through a difficult time, I was praying that I'm in so much pain, God. I don't understand. I'm confused on this. And then God spoke to me through these different women here at Reality. And there's three women. And I know I don't need to mention their names, but they know who they are. And they really spoke to me. And they said, are you praying for your husband? I was like, uh, why would I pray for my husband? He's the one causing me pain. He's the one stressing me out. He's, you know, and I started going down that rabbit hole and crying. I'm like, why would I pray? And in that moment, it was like, God was saying, Juliet, Juju, Jules, but you need to pray for your husband. You need to pray for your husband. You are just at, at fault. And, you know, God was saying, do you deserve grace? And I said, yes, I do, God. And he would ask me over and over, does your husband deserve grace? I don't think so. I don't think, but no, he does. He does. I love you so much. Oh, he does. Um, and so it was through those women and even Riz who played just a beautiful role in our marriage and during that difficult time, you know, he would always speak life into me, never took sides, and just prayed. It was like we had these prayer warriors. And for the women in the audience, I don't know if you watched uh, the movie The War Room. Oh, right, my favorite movie. That changed my life. So for all of you young women, even if you're not married, if you're dating, even if you've been married for a while, that changed my life. Because I have a war room, which is my prayer room, in my house, in my closet. And when Derek and I were separated and we weren't talking, I prayed in that room. I prayed in that room every single day. And through reality and through God, I saw God changed my husband and me. I saw him work. I saw my husband praying and doing devotions. I saw him speaking uh, kindness and love and being the husband that I dreamed of, but even more, even more. He was really leading our family, not in his way, not in my way, but leading our family in God's way. And that was a beautiful thing to see. And that's what I got out of reality, out of this family, out of Riz, was true, pure healing. And I realized that no marriage is perfect. And we can all attest to that. 
But as a local girl born and raised here, grew up in Waipahu, went to Pearl City, went to Waianae, growing up, you don't talk about problems. You don't talk about issues. Local style, you just sweep it under the rug. Asian style, it's like, no, everything's good. But being followers of Christ, we talk about things. We encourage one another. We love on one another. We pray for one another. So that's why I want to thank Riz and the body of reality. And for the three women that I'm, you may know who you are and you may not, but thank you for speaking life into me, pouring, speaking life into my husband, speaking love and life into our marriage. Um, we couldn't have done it with reality. And I want to encourage, if you're not involved in an Ohana group or not serving, I encourage you to do so. It's a great way to meet community and when you're ready. I didn't do it right away. I wasn't ready when I first started coming here, but it fueled my soul in a way that I can't explain. So thank you so much for listening and loving on us. And if we haven't met you yet, we also do a Windward Ohana group. We got to follow in, in the footsteps of Megan and Zach, who have been, though they're younger, they've been really amazing mentors for us. Like, I love them. They're like our kids, but I'm not that old. I'm not that old. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. I don't know if Derek, you want to say Thank you so much. Oh, man. Really, really encouraging, humbling. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Uh, praise God. Praise God, right, for how he's met us and spoke, how he's healed us, how he's provided community. I mean, you've heard just a few. All of you guys have testimonies. But it is only right and good that we worship and thank the Lord and praise his name for who he is and what he's done. And so we're going to end our, our service that way. And we're going to go right into eating and food and fun and fellowship. But what I want to do right now is I just want those testimonies, your own personal one, the way I shared, to just encourage you and press you into a time of worship now. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> God, thank you. Thank you for... The stories we just heard, the story that you've written these last six years for each of us in the different ways you've, you've met us, you've encouraged us, you've comforted us, you've healed us, you've provided friends and a community and a family. And thank you, Lord, that you've just been near to us and you've given us way more than we deserve. And God, out of that, we just want to worship you now. As we spend a few more minutes singing these songs, we pray that we would sing it from a place of true gratitude and thankfulness for who you are and what you've done. God, you are good. You're always good, and we love you. For this in Jesus' name, amen.